When a carnival comes to town, it often brings with it a fun and exciting atmosphere. From the vibrant lights of the Ferris wheel to the delicious scent of fresh cotton candy, we allow ourselves to roam freely amongst the grounds and ride the attractions. It's somewhere to have fun. It's somewhere to be safe. The investigation you are about to hear happened in such a place. I'm Krista Hendrickson, and welcome to the Misinformation Podcast. In this series, we'll attempt to find out what happened at Great Times Amusements. Let's get started. Kevin Schneider is a retired homicide detective from the El Paso Police Department. Since his retirement, Kevin has taken his detecting expertise into more private capacities. There are crimes in this world that, as he puts it, are beyond the abilities of our nation's law enforcement. These are crimes and occurrences that happen within the dark underbelly of society, and often right under our own noses. Last year, Kevin was hired to investigate the disappearance of a young girl who was last seen at her local carnival. As Kevin dug deeper, it didn't take long before things began to unravel, exposing a tangled web of lies and deceit, not to mention some interesting characters. Great Times Amusements once touted itself as the premier portable amusements company. Its services included carnival rides, game booths, concession stands, as well as a full and competent staff to run an entire engagement from start to finish. At its core, Great Times Amusements was basically a rental company, one that could be easily created and immediately dissolved if or when need be. As you will hear, all for good reason. And it begins with an interview. Jerry Cap Capesino had fallen on hard times. Surviving on the mean streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico, eventually meant one thing, selling drugs. It was by chance that he'd become employed with Great Times Amusements from a drug deal to which Cap was to be the point man. This would be his first step into a dark world of deception. The following is Kevin Schneider's recorded interview with Jerry Cappuccino, taken shortly before Cap's disappearance in January of 2018. Many believe Mr. Cappuccino has been caught up in bad drug business and has since gone dark. As you hear his testimony, I'll let you decide. Since this interview, no record of a Great Times Amusements exists, either online or on paper. And now, the interview. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2017. It's 9.22 a.m. With me is Jerry Cappuccino. We are in an undisclosed location for this interview. Thank you, Cap. Can I call you Cap? Yeah. You understand that our conversation is being recorded and that you've given me permission to use your full name. Yeah. Okay, let's get started. Why don't you tell me how you became involved with Great Times Amusements? Drugs. I was dealing meth around Albuquerque. And this led you to the people at Great Times? Yeah. A girl I knew introduced me to a dude named Jack. 
everything went from there. Did this Jack person work for Great Times too? Nah, he just set this up. Don't know how he knew Denise. Who's Denise? From the carnival. She was who got me the job. She worked for Great Times then? They never called themselves that. They say like the park or the fair. How did all this happen? I was partying with some people. I met Jack. He had a bunch of side hustles. Did pretty much anything for some extra cash. Like selling meth. That was just one of them. But yeah, I guess he was good at it. Better than me. How so? Well, I had come into some stuff, a lot of it, and it was too much for me to unload by myself. Jack knew where we could sell it, you know, all in one shot. The carnival? Yeah. Said it was a bunch of crackheads that worked there. They'd take it all. Seemed too easy. He was right. Bunch of dopeheads. They bought it all right then and there. How did this lead you to working for them? We started dealing to them, and we drive all over the state to wherever they were, and they buy big amounts. And I just, I don't know, hit it off with Denise. She worked at the tickets counter, handled the cash. She was the one who always paid us for the stuff. She was smart, smarter than the other guys there. Did she do any of the drugs too? Nah, she was different, business type. One day I fixed one of their trucks. She asked what other things I could fix. Next thing I know, I was working maintenance. She got me a trailer. She paid me under the table, changing the oil, checking tires, helping set up the rides. Three hots and a cop plus some pocket money. Hell yeah. Better than selling dope. It was good, but... But what? But then I saw what they was doing. Who's they? All of them. What were they doing? Snatching people. What do you mean, snatching? Exactly what I said. Are you saying that the carnival you worked at, affiliated with Great Times Amusements, was involved in the abduction of its guests? Yeah. And you've seen this? I've seen enough to know. I need you to be specific here. Seen this how? I didn't know until my last day there. But I saw something. What was it? A girl. Can you describe her? Young? Older? Cap? I didn't do anything wrong. No one said you did. You trying to fuck me? Is that what this is? Not at all. I don't want to do this no more. I just want your story. No, you don't. Trust me, you don't. Kevin's investigation up to this point had been met with little success. It's this interview with Jerry Cappuccino that gave his work some much-needed credibility. He was on to something. Let's talk about abduction. It happens every second of every day. One in every five people who walk this planet will go missing at some point in their lives. The chances of us crossing paths with a potential perpetrator are extremely high. These people come in all forms, and most could very well be that nice next-door neighbor who always says hi and offers to help. In other words, they go unnoticed. We unknowingly pass them as we go about our daily lives. What Cap was about to reveal to Kevin took things to a whole new level. But first, Let's shed some light on how I met retired homicide detective Kevin Schneider. During the early stages of this podcast endeavor, my premise was simple, to seek out and interview people who operate off the grid, to find things that happen within our shadows, good or bad. 
At first, identity theft was the main focus. Prior to meeting Kevin Schneider, I had met and conducted a score of interviews with individuals who had multiple identities, some up to a dozen or so. One of these people was Sarah, at least that was the name she gave in our interview. I wasn't exactly clear on why she responded to my Craigslist ad, but I suspect the $100 I was offering was much needed. I didn't exactly get a credible sense of identity theft from her. I knew she was making up some bullshit story just for the cash. It's after my interview with Sarah that I would receive a strange email. It was from Kevin Schneider. He was tracking her. What began as a few simple emails eventually turned into an explanation of why he, Kevin, was so interested in Sarah. She was the key to something big, as he so plainly put it. I agreed to exchange my info and interview transcripts on the condition of him allowing me access into this investigation. I got way more than I ever bargained for. Now, let's get back to Kevin's interview. What happened at the park? To you? You... Wouldn't believe if I told you. You want to take a break? One of the things I did was the trash. One night I started and a few guys came up with Denise and told me they were doing the trash that night. Who were these guys with her? Ever see them in the park? Nope. Never seen them before. They didn't look like the other guys. They were different. Can you be specific? I don't know. Clean or something? They didn't look like taking out the trash type people. One of them had on military boots. And they wore these mechanic-like suits. But not mechanic. Like those ones in the movies. Like those with gas masks and all that. I thought we had rats or something. So they looked like exterminators? Kind of. If I show you some pictures, could you point them out? Yeah. At this time, I'm going to my laptop to search for some examples. Okay. I'm going to show you some photos of different types of suits you're describing. I want you to pick out the ones you saw that night. Sounds good? Okay. I'm turning the laptop towards Mr. Cappuccino. That one. Are you positive? Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say? Positively a 10. Mr. Cappuccino has pointed out a coroner's field uniform. When I started dumping, one of the bags stunk. Stunk real bad. Trash always stinks, but this was different. Made me puke, and it was heavy too. I thought it was a dead cat or a raccoon or some shit. Denise came up with the two guys. She saw I already puked on the floor, and she could smell the trash. That's when she told me to go, and they'd handle it. I just walked away. The smell was killing me. I was happy to let them do it. I got to where the smell was gone. I looked back, and they were watching me. I could tell they didn't want me to see what they were doing. I just kept walking toward the trailers. Gave me a bad feeling. Something was wrong. And I sat in my trailer trying to scrub the stink off me. It was so bad I had to toss my clothes. Do you remember doing anything else back in the trailer? 
Not really. By then it was late, like one or two in the morning. I tried to sleep, but it was bugging me. So I got up, but you know, like real quiet. Why? I don't know. My gut. It was telling me to sneak and don't let anyone see. What happened? The trailers was quiet. Everyone was asleep. I walked behind the camp onto the field through the rides. Then I went towards the trash. It was gone. But the smell wasn't. And I could tell they tried to cover it up with some stuff I saw on the ground. Like a powder? It smelled like carpet cleaner or something. There was also the throw-up cleaner we used mixed in. The powder stuff we used in the park? That's what got me nervous. They were trying to hide something. That stuff soaks everything up. Makes it easy for us to scoop. You wouldn't even know someone that puked on the bench like 20 minutes before you sat on it. The rides too. What were they hiding? I started walking back to my trailer. I stepped in something on the grass. That smell again. I saw it left the trail. Like it was leaking. What was it? I couldn't tell. A thick... Something... I followed it to... To the storage trailer. It was locked. But I know the top has a trap in case someone gets stuck inside. I climbed up and went in. The smell was so strong, made my eyes water. It was pitch black in there. I used my phone's flashlight. The container was empty, except for a few plastic bags piled in the corner. And one of the bags was torn. They duct taped it shut. I I peeled it back. What did you see? Amanda Fuller was a bright 11-year-old who attended William Anderson Elementary School in Anthony, New Mexico. She was at the top of her class, an honor roll student, and had recently placed third in the school's annual spelling bee. She went missing on April 29, 2017, last seen attending the Anthony, New Mexico Youth Day Parade and Carnival with her friends. The details surrounding her disappearance have been shrouded in mystery, with many different witnesses coming forward. Their accounts range from the simplistic to downright bizarre. Unhappy with the direction local authorities had taken, Amanda's mother, Judy Fuller, took her efforts into a private capacity by eventually hiring Kevin Schneider. It's here Kevin began his investigation that has since spiraled into a darkness of epic proportions. Special Agent Dobson had been assigned to a missing persons case involving similar circumstances as Amanda Fuller. Both were last seen attending a local carnival and were almost the same age. Kevin shared with me an interview with FBI Special Agent Mary Ann Dobson. 
The following is his first phone conversation and interview conducted with her. I was again curious as to why Kevin gave me access to this particular conversation. Perhaps he needed assistance, or at least a second pair of eyes and ears. Hello? Agent Dobson? Yes, hi. Is this Kevin? Yes, it is. How are you? Doing good. Is this a good time? Perfect. Great. I won't keep you long. I don't have any prepared questions, but I do want to have this conversation on record for my own files. Yes. And we're following the parameters I outlined in the email? Yes, of course. Great. I guess I have one simple question. Why did you agree to this phone call? You know that this is very unconventional, correct? Also career-threatening. More like career-ending. Well, why then? Judy Fuller. For the record, I've been working with Ms. Fuller regarding her missing daughter, Amanda. Are you working on a similar case? You know that I can't answer that, but I am curious about Amanda. About what in particular? The condition she was in when they found her, the birthmark on her right arm. Are you saying there's been an autopsy? That's not what I said. Has your subject been located? Look, I can't share details, but you can. I think you need to tell me what you can about Amanda. Why? Would it help in your case? Possibly. So they are similar? In that they were the same age and in the same type of place, maybe. Amanda Fuller was abducted at a carnival run by Great Times Amusement. Can you prove this? Have you ever heard of Great Times Amusements? I can't answer that. Is it classified? <sighs> maybe this was a mistake. Hold on. Amanda's disappearance has been ignored by law enforcement, and a great time's amusements no longer exists. My investigation is pointing to murder and corruption on multiple levels and has layers. Somehow, great time's amusements is directly involved, if not more. But great times doesn't exist. So you are aware of such a company? That's not what I said. Can you please tell me the purpose of this conversation? There... <sighs> There is no purpose. You mentioned Judy Fuller. Is there something I should know? Is she involved in her own daughter's disappearance? When was the last time you spoke with her? Yesterday. Are you providing her updates? She's paying me for updates. She hired me for them. Do you know where I can find her? For what reason? What I mean is, do you know where she is if you need to meet with her? Face to face. I have her address. Are you sure? Is she part of your case? I appreciate you giving me what you can. In return, I'll say this before I go. You're being watched. Please stop and let the local authorities do their job. Agent Dobson was trying to suggest to him that Judy Fuller may be a person of interest within her case. It was clear that his investigation was making things difficult for her. If Judy did in fact have something to do with Amanda's disappearance, hiring someone like Kevin, she would always be one step ahead. I suspect Kevin already knows this. The tone of Agent Dobson during this conversation also stuck out to me as interesting. Another layer, I guess. Her knowledge of Amanda's birthmark is also interesting, as you'll hear in the conclusion of Kevin's interview with Jerry Cappuccino. Cap, what was in the bag? More bags, but they were wrapped tightly. 
It was like how you'd wrap things so they wouldn't break. You know, if you were moving or something. I opened up the bag a little more. I pulled one of them out. It was longer. I unwrapped it. What was it? I didn't know what they were at first. Then I saw them. They were fingers. I ripped the plastic more, and it was an arm. A little girl's arm. The carnival wristband was still on. How do you know it was a girl? Nail polish. Blue. Do you remember anything else? She had a birthmark. Where? Can you show me? Here. Mr. Cappuccino is pointing to his inner forearm. I'm going to show you a photo. Cap, is this the birthmark you saw? Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being absolutely positive. Ten. I'll never forget it. Mr. Cappuccino has identified the birthmark of Amanda Fuller. Her name was Amanda? Yes. I don't want to do this. I'm done talking. As mentioned previously, Cap went missing shortly after this was conducted. There was no police report filed or any involvement with law enforcement regarding this, as Mr. Cappuccino has no immediate family. The only person who actually noticed he'd gone missing is Kevin. He's since been conducting an active investigation regarding Cap's whereabouts. If Cap is to be believed, then it would seem Amanda Fuller not only went missing at a carnival operated by Great Times Amusements, but that they were somehow directly involved. The grim discovery, hidden inside the portable storage container, would send Kevin's investigation in a whole new direction. What Happened at Great Times Amusements is a production of Tainted Productions, created by M. Leonard and Vaughn Gray. Original score by Sense Delete. Produced by Vaughn Gray. Screenplays by M. Leonard. Starring in alphabetical order, Daquan Chambers as Jerry Cap Cappuccino. Janae Hirsch as Krista Hendrickson. Heidi Kaplan as Agent Marianne Dobson and James Molina as Kevin. What Happened at Great Times Amusements was recorded at Albion Sound Studios in Mesa, Arizona. 